0: Bismillah ar wa ala al-Kareem Amma Alhamdulillah Tonight is the 11th of May in the year 2023 and Alhamdulillah we moved on to the 18th night that we're going through the exalted and dear life of the illustrious company Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. In the last two sessions, we've been going through the various blessed reports where our beloved Messenger, وسلم, on various occasions, he encountered the jinn and in which he invited them to the glorious deen. So before moving on, I mentioned that Allah, the Almighty and Glorious, he revealed. Verses from the Glorious Qur'an, verses 29 to 32 of Surah Al-Ahqaf, Surah 46, in honor of the jinn who embraced Islam. So, what's interesting, which is worth pointing out, is Surah Al-Ahqaf, therefore, was clearly revealed in the year of grief. Where the Prophet went through tremendous tests, he lost his beloved wife, Khatija, he lost his uh, guardian, Uncle Abu Talib. He was then treated the way he was in Taif. But Surah al ahqaf was revealed. Now if you read Surah al ahqaf from the beginning to the end, none of that is mentioned. Doesn't mention nothing about Khadijah passing away, doesn't mention nothing about Abu Talib, his guardian passing away. Mentioned nothing about what happened at Ta'if. So why is this important to highlight? Because the Quran is not the words of the Prophet. The Christians and those who have problems with Islam, they said this is his own concoction, the Quran. So our response is, of course, is not. But have you read Surah Al-Ahqaf? And then they'll query you. Because why are you asking about Surah Al-Ahqaf? Then you mention this was revealed in the year of grief. So why isn't anything which have been so traumatic to him been mentioned in that surah? Because it's not his speech. The second thing is that why were the jinn honored by Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? By verses revealed in their honor. And it was all due to the veneration of the Quran. So the huge lesson there is Allah honors the people who honor the Quran. He honored those jinn, and I mentioned that there was nine of them. So, in another report, our beloved Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi he had later gone on to praise this noble company of jinn. The hadith is in Tirmidhi number 2915 and Qadi Iyad his Shafa. Our beloved Messenger said it i.e. the glorious Quran does not wear out when it is recited a lot. Its lessons do not end, and its wonders never fade. It is fossil, i.e. decisive. It is not hazl, i.e. for amusement. The scholars never become satiated with it. The passions are not misguided by it, and the tongues do not mistake it. It is that which the jinn did not leave once they had heard it. And the Prophet recited Surah Al Jinn, Surah 72, verse 1 and 2. They said, We have really heard a wonderful recital. It gives guidance to that which is right. SubhanAllah. So in this report, which is recorded by Imam Tirmidhi, some say these are the words of Ali, whatever, leaving that to one side, the praise is with regards to the Quran. And looking at it very briefly, these are signs that it's divine speech. The first thing mentioned, it doesn't get worn out when it is recited lot. So think about that. Any book you read, once you've read it a few times, even if something beloved to you, you get fed up with it. <laughs> you think that's say I've done it. I've done my PhD. The Quran it will never wear out. From recital, the uh, the Prophet said, Then he said, "Sallallahu." Its lessons do not end. Its wonders do not fade. So how often does every new generation learn something from the Quran that the previous generations did not? Then he used two words which are very interesting. It is fasl, it is not hazl. So why did the Prophet use those words? Because they're Quranic. In Surah Al-Tariq, Surah 86, verse 13-14, Allah the Almighty and Glorious says, fosl, wa ma bil Verily it is the word decisive. It is not a thing for amusement. So that's the Quran the prophet said exactly the same about the quran it is fossil it is decisive it is not a hustle eye for amusement then the prophet said the scholars never become satiated with it isn't that true hmm. the scholars can't get enough of the quran the passions are not misguided by it and the tongues do not mistake it how often when an error is made you get the echo with the people correct so why? Because the Quran has got a self correcting mechanism. Allah Let's put something within it that even children will correct the errors. And then finally, what did the Prophet say? It is that which the jinn did not leave once they had heard it. And then he recited the verse. They said, We have heard a wonderful recital. Why did they call it a wonderful recital? Because the most eloquent recital they heard, Rasulullah. فَقَالُوا إِنَّا سمعنا قرآنا عَجَبًا amazing. Really amazing. We heard an amazing recital. إِلَى الرُّشْد It gives guidance to that which is right. So note, the Prophet praised them again here. Sallallahu In this connection, all the ahadith agree that on this first occasion, the jinns did not appear before our beloved messenger, nor did he feel their presence, but the Almighty and Glorious informed him with divine revelation. So now let's take six lessons, valuable lessons from these reports of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. The first, there was not even an atom's weight of pride or dishonesty in the blessed heart of Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Perhaps This is why amongst the companions, when the name Abdullah is mentioned without any attribution, it refers to no other than Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud. For he after all possessed a distinctive band of ubudiyat. Subhanallah. So we've learned he's got no pride, he's got no dishonesty. dishonesty. How many companions were called Abdullah? Endless. (laughs) Abdullah ibn Abbas, Abdullah ibn Umar, Abdullah ibn Abdullah ibn Ubay, Abdullah ibn Amr ibn al-As. It goes on and on. But they will always mention their father to mention who which Abdullah you're referring to. But it's only Ibn Masud. they don't mention his father. So you say Abdullah says, why don't they mention his father? Because they're honoring him, because he is unique. So So when you say Abdullah who relays from the Prophet is referring to Ibn Masood. And if a person queries that, how do you know? Because that's what the scholars have done because he's got a unique, distinctive brand of ubudiyat. His rank is the most elite of the Abdullah's. Second lesson. A protective barrier was placed around this noble man to protect him from any potential mischief of the jinn. Thus proving, this is part of the Prophetic teaching. So, how is that applicable now? Usually, you may get some family members who want to see what's happened When an exorcist is trying his best to, with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to cure an ailing person who is affected by the jinn. So how do you protect the family? If they you know, are bent upon seeing the procedure then you shouldn't find it strange. They may actually tell you sit here, don't move and they will maybe even put something around you. This is part of the teachings. No, that wasn't for the Prophet himself. Number three. The jinn were described as tall, dark, transparent naked but clothed at the same time. And those of you who've seen them in the when they when they come in human form, this is what they say. Because you can see them, you can see straight through them. Why? Because that is not their essence. They've transformed. Number four. They were later likened to some of the mischievous kufans. So Ibn Masood said they were like some of the mischievous kufans. Number five. They left traces of their presence after their departure. So... What does that mean? When jinn are present, they leave marks. These marks might be on the earth or also upon the body of the human being. So there's a report in Imam Ahmad Musnad and the Prophet said the plague and goes. there's two types, one is the one that we know and the other is from the effects of the jinn. So if jinns are in close proximity, you might get spots, dots, things like this, scratches. These are signs. So it's proven from these reports, they leave marks. both known to those who know, unknown to others. So it's an ilm, you have to know. Number six, two of the jinn and also Abdullah ibn Mas'ud r. offered a Salat behind Rasulullah and Ibn Mas'ud was not aware they were jinn. But Allah honoured him further by giving him this as well. And number seven, our beloved messengers exhaust exhausted him after interacting with them the whole night. He was so tired, he rested upon Ibn Mas'ud's lap. So this is what's interesting about the exorcists. If there's some stupid jinn, it exhausts them. They actually feel extremely tired after they've uh, interacted with them. So note, subhanallah, A truly unique experience for the most worthy man, i.e., part of his training which Allah wanted to give him. But the narrative doesn't finish there. The next section entitled, Ibn Mas'ud, seeing the blessed angels, and hearing their conversation. On the night of the jinn, When our beloved Messenger had returned and thereupon rested on the lap of Abdullah Ibn Mas'ud. Another incredible event also took place as a further token of immense honor for this most worthy man. So where is it recorded? So the Hadith is recorded in Ahmad in his Musnad number 3788. And there's a weak narrator in the chain called Amr Al-Biqali. However, Imam Tirmidhi records it in his Sunan number 2870 and he stated Hassan Sahih Gharib Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he said "Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi Allah put his head in my lap I and then slept in another report which adds details in Tirmidhi number 2870 Hassan Sahih Gharib Abdullah ibn Mas'ud said he sallallahu sallam, came within the lines and took my thigh as a pillow and he went to sleep. When he slept, he would breathe heavily. Whilst I was sitting and he was resting on my thigh. Some men suddenly dressed in white emerged. Allahu <laughs> A'lamu ma bihim min Only Allah knows how beautiful they were. And I've put in in brackets. Notice the contrast between the angels and the jinn. They came right up to me. A party of them sat down by the head of Rasulullah. And a party of them at his feet. They're stopping the report. What a night this was for Ibn Masood. Now what's happening? So Rasulullah is resting in his blessed lap. He's tired as well. And all of a sudden, because goes, he described it. He goes, only Allah, Allah knows how beautiful they were. He said, I've never seen such beautiful men because they were dressed in immaculate white. Mm. Some sat towards his head, that means next to his thigh, some next to his feet. Mm. These figures thereupon came, wearing long white garments. I now felt more afraid than I had the first time. I due to their awe and grandeur. <laughs> so, he he was fearful when he saw the jinn because he couldn't see the Prophet sallallahu But now he says, I was shaking because of their awe." They, the figures in white garb, thereupon started talking to each other. And they said, This slave of Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala has been given something good. His eyes are sleeping, but his heart is awake. Let us try to thus now find a likeness for him. They thereupon said to each other, coin for us a likeness and we will interpret it or we will coin a likeness and you interpret it. They then said to one another, his likeness is that of a leader who builds a fortified structure. He then invites people to come and eat. Those whoever does not come and eat his food or who does not follow him, he punishes him severely. So Ibn Masood watching and he's thinking, imagine what's going through his mind and heart. He's just listening thinking, what on earth is happening here? Mm-hmm. So they're talking and he goes, let's point an example of this man. And they said, his eyes sleep, his heart is awake. Mm-hmm. This is the state of the Prophets. So he was observing as well. that And then what was the likeness? He goes, his likeness, he's a leader. Mm-hmm. He's built a solid structure and he's invited people to come and eat. He goes, whoever does not come and eat, he will be punished. The other said, by way of interpretation, so they're interpreting this. As for the Sayyid, the leader, then he is the Lord of the worlds, subhanahu wa ta'ala. As for the bunyan, the structure, it is Islam. The food is paradise. And he, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, is the da'i, the caller. Whoever responds to him will be in paradise. Whoever does not will be punished. So they've interpreted it. So now think about that. Without that interpretation, could you interpret it? You might as well go. what does that mean? Oh, there was the, was the, oh stay forward, brother. Oh, stay forward. So what was the likeness? The other angel said, the Sayyid. So what did they say? They said, his likeness is that of a leader. Who builds a fortified structure, a Sayyid. Who's the leader? The person goes, oh, it's the Prophet. Who told you to interpret it. The angel said, it's Rabbul Alameen. What's the structure? What's the bunyan that he built? Is it in Koti, in Pakistan? No, right? It's Islam. Who built Islam? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What's the food they're inviting you to? He goes, oh, uh, biryani, right? Because the food is paradise. Who is inviting? Rasulullah. So they've interpreted it. Because whoever does not, whoever does will not be punished, meaning he's he's used his understanding. Rasulullah then awoke wa sallam, and asked, Ma ya ibn Abd? what did you see? Or Ibn Ya Abd. So Ibn Masood obviously recovers and he tells him everything. He goes, I heard so beautiful men dressed in white, sitting to your blessed head and feet, and they were discussing. Mm-hmm. The Prophet he said, Ma mimma qalu shay." Nothing of what they said was hidden from me. In other words, I don't need you to tell me. Mm-hmm. The Prophet of Allah thereupon said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Menal There are a group of angels. alayhi <laughs> salatu salam. Oh, he said. HUM Some of the angels or even the Paswet Meaning Allah, Allah honored he sent an angel Alayhi <laughs> salatu wa Now think about this Going back to the first report a few nights back, When the Prophet ﷺ said who will come to see the Jinn Only he turned up, why not interested in Jinn? Why do we need to see Jinn? But if they had known this is going to happen So when he came back, they must have thought, SubhanAllah, we've lost out. (laughs) SubhanAllah, not only did Ibn Mas'ud have the immense honor of our beloved messenger, resting on his noble tithe, on that most memorable of nights, but also to then observe and hear the blessed conversation of the sinless angels. (laughs) Allahu Akbar. Now think about this, how high is his status? He was Ibn Masood. What do you know about him? He was a great Sahaba. They were all great Sahaba. <laughs> great Sahaba. They were all great. Were they any non great Sahaba? You know, I mean, you know, elite Sahaba. Well, okay. But anything specific about him? Now, if you only knew this about him, you're thinking SubhanAllah, unique. I don't know who those angels were. Could they have been Jibreel, Mikhail? Who knows? Does it make any difference? No. Because if it was important, the Prophet would have explained, So he's seen angels, alayhi salatu wa sallam. He's seen jinn. And Rasulullah, how many sahabah can say that his blessed self has rested on their thigh. So this was Ibn Masood. So now, in conclusion, on this theme, there's a report. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud he happened to pass by a patient who was seriously ill. In Ibn Abi Hartim it mentions he was being troubled by a jinn. So this is another incident. So there's a man and he's the jinn have made him ill. Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Mas'ud thereupon walked towards him and he whispered into his ears the following verses. Surah Al-Mu'minu, Surah, Surah 23, verse 115 to 118. And subhanAllah, he was cured immediately. <laughs> Later, when Rasulullah inquired salallahu sallam, from Ibn Mas'ud, sallam, he goes, what, was, what happened? Tell me. Hmm. And he explained, the Prophet salallahu sallam, said, You have brought him back to life by reciting these verses into his ear. Hmm. By him in whose hands is my soul. Anyone with a firm Iman who recites these verses even over a mountain, then the mountain would move from its place. Oh, Ibn Masu. So let's look at this. So this is recorded in Abu Ya'ada, Hakim al-Tirmadi, Abu Na'im al-Hilya, Ibn al-Sini, Ibn marad Ibn al-Mundir, Qurtubi, Mazhadi, Baghwi, Ta'labi, Ibn Abi Hatim, Ibn Kathir, and their respected tafsirs. Mairiful Quran, volume 6, page 339 of the English translation. So now, let's look. So he sees a man and he's ill. Ibn Masood, he knows about jinn. (laughs) So he knows there's a jinn pestering him. (laughs) And you get this impression that, you know, like, you give somebody a parasitum and he gets better. (laughs) So he walks over to him and he just does this in his ears. He recited something. What did he recite? Surah 23 verse 115 to 118. Mm. Instantly he got bad. It wasn't one of those cases where come back to me three times a day you know for the next seven weeks. Instantly. Mm. Did he mention it to the Prophet? No. Mm. How did the Prophet know what happened? Mm. So you got two possibilities said Allah alayhi One is somebody told him maybe the man who was cured or revelation. But notice Ibn Masud didn't go around boasting. You know what I did? (laughs) So, the Prophet when he got confirmation, he said something amazing about these verses. You have brought him back to life by reciting these verses into his ear. Meaning, he was on the threshold of death. Then he swore an oath by him in whose hands is my soul. Anyone with a firm iman who recites these verses over the mountain the mountain will go from his place. So there's a condition. Firm Iman. Exorcist. Right? So if Exorcist got out of his armpits, he's not going to do anything, right? He needs to be a pious person, strong iman. Then the weapons work. They're more effective. So if your iman is weak and you decide these verses, you fired a pea shooter at the gym. You've troubled him. If your iman's a bit stronger, you've got a catapult. If you got iman, the like ibri masud didn't Forget this, <laughs> right? He stared up. But the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said, upset? You will move a mountain if your iman was firm." So now, what are these verses? <laughs> so Allah subhanahu wa taala he says, of the blind the shaitan, regime. Bismillah ala rahman ala rahim." Afa hasib ma khalqna akum wa anna kum ilina tu rajaun. فَتَعَالَى اللَّهُ الْمَلِكُ La ilah illahua rubbula adishil karim, Womayat umallahi illahan akhla burhan alahubi, for in the Mahisabu in the Rabbi, in the hula yo flichul kafirun, Wakura beferwal hamwa under Hail Rahimin. Translation Did you then think that we had created you in jest and that you would not be brought back to us? Therefore exalted be Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the king, the reality. There is no God but He, the Lord of the throne of honor. If anyone invokes besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala any other God, He has no authority therefore and His reckoning will be only with His Lord. Verily the unbelievers will be unsuccessful. Do say, O my Lord, grant your forgiveness and mercy. For indeed, you are the best of those who show mercy. (laughs) So these are the concluding verses of Surah Mu'minun. So look at it very briefly. (laughs) What is the Quranic question? (laughs) (laughs) Look at this question. There's humor in it. And there's seriousness in it. (laughs) Do you think that we created you in jest and you would not be brought back to us? Allah is asking that question. He goes, do you think I just created you? And you can do what you want. He doesn't even answer that question. Why? Because he, you know the answer. And there's people like that. YOLO. they got, they got a new motto now. Yo, what's YOLO? what no, ROLO is chocolate. What's YOLO? You only live once. So Allah Talas responded to that. Do you think I created you as a joke? And you will not be brought back to us? Then Allah Talas says... Glorified and exalted be Allah, free from all imperfection. Now, look at the attributes He uses Malikul Haq, the King, the reality. Now, why does Allah use His, why is that one of His blessed names, Al haq Because we are not reality. Nothing is reality. Philosophers talk about it because you don't even, you're not even there. Because he well, nothing's here. We're leaving you. Hang on minute. You know, Muslim, yeah? Because yeah, the only reality is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Without Him, nothing exists. That's what we mean. What do you mean? You got me there something. Then Allah says there is no God, but He, Lord of the glorious throne. Why does he mention the throne? Rabbul Because everything is under the throne. Then Allah says, You commit shirk, you're in trouble. I'm far what is, what does he then say? Look at this beautiful, you know, how Allah response. responds. <laughs> the unbelievers will be unsuccessful. Now why is that beautiful? What's the first verse of this surah? Successful. are the believers. So Allah t'ala starts this surah by saying, Successful are the believers. What's the penultimate verse of this surah? The unbelievers are unsuccessful. So look what Allah did in the Because you want to know where success lies? Read this surah. The believers are successful. I've given you the answer. Look at the end. The unbelievers are not successful. Then at the end he says, say, Oh my Lord, grant your forgiveness and mercy. You are the best of those who show mercy. Allah Taala was, there's nobody who shows mercy like me. So this is the translation with a bit of understanding. What's the deeper meaning? It cures. If you have, now think about it. Is your iman strong, brother? Yeah, come on, let's go. We take a minute. Somebody possessed. He goes, okay, what's he going to do with me? You got a strong iman. You just said you got a strong iman, yeah? Read these verses in his ear. I don't understand. Just do it. Let's see what happens. If smoke comes out of his ears and he recovers, put it there son, you've got a strong Iman. <laughs> now be honest, even before we decide, we're defeated. Because <laughs> we know, no. <laughs> Don't ask me to decide it brother, right? Why? <laughs> right? So the response is, these are the gifts Allah has given. Who knew these verses? The great Ibn Masood, how did he get that knowledge? Because, we'll come to his knowledge of the Quran, he knew about the Jinn. And these are the weapons of the exorcists. SubhanAllah. And what's interesting, Qari Sahib recites these verses quite regularly. <speaking in Hebrew> it's worth learning, mashallah, the last few verses of Surah Mu'minun. So, all I mentioned today, again, was now wrapping up with regards to taking lessons from the night of the jinn and endless lessons when going through the seerah of Abu'llah with Messenger. And notice the great status of Ibrahim Mas'ud. Are there any questions? Let us. تبارك بيهم تبارك